Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. You know, I grew up with a very esoteric father, a beautiful, incredible, amazing man who has hugged me and kissed me all through my life, going through puberty, going through changes, who has given me great wisdom, who has held me through my deepest, darkest moments and my most beautiful celebrated with me. However, he's very non-dual. And, you know, he had me meditating by the time I was four. And I had a very abusive mother who was an alcoholic. And bless her, she's a beautiful woman. She also has a lot of spirit and fire. She's Maltese, my dad's Italian. And, the, you know, like we would, we would have amazing times together where, we, where that fire really served and we would have put rock and roll on and clean the house together and we'd all sing together while we cooked. And the shadow side of that was that she had absolutely no emotional, no emotional continence. And that's something you're going to hear me say. What emotional continence means is the ability to contain the emotional body, not suppress it, but contain it with enough presence that you're able to actually raise it with kundalini energy to express and release it. We'll, we'll get there. So my mum had absolutely no emotional continence. The minute that she felt the slightest bit of pain, she would hit us verbally or physically. And my dad would be away a lot, right? Because his work took him away a lot. So whenever he was away and she was feeling abandoned, we would cop it even more. And when he'd come home, my sister and I would say to him, you know, what would be happening with mum? And he would, teach, he would say to us, that's not who she is. Just observe that behaviour without taking it personally. Practice compassion. You know, her, you know how she grew up, and she did grow up in pretty horrifying conditions at different times. So through that, I learned the virtues of compassion. I learned the virtues of forgiveness and being able to hold space for her absolute storm as a child, which, which has really served me. But what it did was mean was that I became a target, a very easy target, for anyone who wanted to dump their shit because I could hold space for it. And I just thought that's what you do, right? <laughs> and I had a series of relationships, interactions, life lessons where it continually pointed to the fact that I needed to express what I needed. But whenever I thought that I needed something, then the thought would come in, you know, you don't need anything. Everything that you need is in here, which is, which is another non-dual teaching. And, you know, all, all you need to do is meditate and remember who you really are and remember who the other person really is. So by the time I was 30, I, I was married with two children and on the outside, my life looked extremely amazing. I was always pretty calm. I, I probably blew up maybe like once or twice a year. When I did, it was fucking crazy shit. <laughs> I'm talking crazy shit. Like one time, I was so angry with my boyfriend and I wanted to run him over with my car. So I told him, come over here, right? Because I was going to run him over. But instead of like going to the, where I assumed he would go to to get to me, I don't know if part of him knew that I was going to run him over, 
He went the long way so that he like came to my door. Where he was standing, he was going to walk straight to the front and I was just going to pedal it. So he came to the side, opened the door to explain to me what had happened and he put his leg like this. So the door was open, he put his leg this, he went to talk to me. I'm just like, steering wheel, put the car in, drive. He's like, what are you? And then I'm just like, <laughs> And he went flying into the gate. He was on his back. I didn't even know if he was dead and I just kept driving. I got, I got a speeding fine that day. And then it wasn't until I was about 15 minutes that I came back into my body. And then I was like, fuck. Turned around. He, his mum was like crying. I was really close to his mum. He's like, you're a fucking crazy bitch. I'm like, yep, that was pretty crazy. Anyway, he forgave me. We got back together. And, yeah, and I didn't understand. I had no idea why I would just go nuts, right? I just thought, and, and I would just beat myself up so much about it. And, like, you're just like your mother. And I had no idea, but I thought I had an idea. I thought it was, like, because I was going, the, that conditioning was so strong, I practiced emotional freedom technique to try to rewire that, right? And NLP, none of it worked. So by the time I'm 30, I'm like, living the supposed dream, um, earning over a hundred grand a year, got this husband, two kids, money in the bank, and then I, I had two home births with my kids and I hadn't been to the doctors, and then one day I was trimming, trimming my yoni to prepare for my husband that evening, and I cut myself, and it was a pretty big cut, and I ended up with a skin tag. So I went to the doctors to get the skin tag removed, and, and as synchronicity would have it. He was like, when was your last pap smear? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, before I had kids. How long ago was that? And he was so shocked. He's like, okay, I'll give you a pap smear. And the results came back and I had, it, it took a while to come to this, but I had cervical cancer. And I'd grown up with the knowledge that everything that manifests physically is a result of something going on emotionally and energetically. So I'm like, right, cervical cancer. Then I must be fucked up somewhere down there. And I tried my usual techniques of meditating, of EFT, NLP, affirmations. And I'm just going, if this worked, then I wouldn't be where I am. So I, I asked one of my friends if she, if she, what she thought. And she's like, oh, my ex is a shaman and he's going to be in town next week. I think that you should see him. And, and that was the beginning of the complete annihilation of my life. So I had a session with him that went for five hours. Lots of things were moving, changing, shifting. We got to the point where he said, you're really angry. And I was like, you know, I'm not angry. I don't, I don't, I, I get angry every now and then, but it's not an issue. And he kept persisting and saying what he could feel and prodding me. And yeah, I was, I was angry. There was so much anger in my body when I actually allowed it to have full expression that I pushed him from one side of the room to the other side of the room. And I just didn't, I had no idea what to do with that energy. I mean, I knew that I was European and feisty in those biannual blow-ups, but I had no idea that there was this level of anger. And the more that I expressed it, 
the more that I realized I was angry at my husband, I was angry at my father, I was angry at my mother, I was angry at my children, I was angry at the fucking world, and then memories were surfing around sexual abuse that I'd completely blocked out. And I just had to dive into this. I had to really experience what it was like to dive into the emotional body. And 10 years later, for two years, I pretty much traveled around the world and studied with mentors and journeyed deeply into my emotional body. And then after that, started teaching. And what I realized is that the beginnings of the journey into spirituality is always that we have a paradigm shift. It's that we start to understand new concepts, new ideas, and we start to get an idea of why we're fucked up, right? We're like, oh, okay, the reason I have such a strong failure wound is because my father never gave me validation. The reason I have such a strong abandonment wound is because my dad wasn't present for me emotionally, physically, or spiritually. The reason that I close up every time I make love and can't orgasm is because of my sexual abuse and so on and so forth. Who's been there where their awareness increases about their wounds and they finally start to understand their patterning? Right. Also part of this phase is that you start to realize, oh, fuck, there's more to life than people-pleasing. There's more to life than doing what's expected of me. There's more to life than shutting down my emotional body and my sexual body. I can actually start to liberate myself and feel more freedom and love through my body. Who's also had that? Right. So this is what I'd call stage one. We know enough psychology to understand that we're, that we're a product of our past. Yeah? A product of our genetics and our conditioning and our trauma. We start to learn enough concepts that we can begin to identify where we're not being loving, where we're not expressing the fullness of ourselves. And we start to feel more free. We also start to beat ourselves up a hell of a lot more and attach to this ideal spiritual person who can overcome all of these wounds, get rid of the parts of themselves I don't like, get rid of the mind, and be some super powerful superhero that doesn't actually exist. Who also has experienced that? Okay, so everybody, put your hands in front of you. Whatever ideal spiritual motherfucker you have put in your head, ideal man, ideal woman that you should be, who communicates perfectly, who's always connected to God, who always feels freedom through their body, who lives in the soul realm and never in the personality, who's committed, so committed to their practice that they never get triggered or charged about anything, who's completely on purpose and listening to their heart and inner voice 100% of the time. Do you really think that exists? It doesn't. That's why people go and live in the ashram. Or go to the mountain, because they're fucking pussies now. <laughs> <Kind of. laughs> Alright. So this ideal person. Can we please give that to Mother Earth, who knows it doesn't exist, who knows that we need lightning, who knows that we need storms, who knows we need volcanoes, who knows we even need wars who doesn't fucking stop shining the sun 
when humans aren't doing what she wants them to do, who doesn't stop growing flowers when we trot on them, who fucking stays open no matter what to the human experience and doesn't attach to anything being ideal. Give it to her. Give it to her. Bury her. Bury him into the soil, into the molten crust of the Spanish soil who knows fucking fire. And let it burn. So the second stage is when we begin to express and release. When we begin to go into ceremonies that are strong, right? That take us right into the depths of the underworld and purge out of our bodies whatever isn't love. We haven't done the inner work that we've needed to to get to the point where we're ready for that. Because actually when we're at the third stage, which I'm going to tell you about, we are naturally purging every day because we are actually disciplined enough to commit to our practice in every moment of every day and live Tantra. Tantra is not being blasted in a ceremonial space into extreme expressions of sexuality and purging of the emotional body. To me, that's not Tantra. To me, that's the fast track to freedom that is part of a masculine spirituality that does not honor the need for slow somatic experiences, where actually you're conscious, you are fully conscious and aware of what's moving and you're feeling it and you know what's going on, right? You know what's going on. So there's no denial of the animal, but there's also no denial of the consciousness and the two are coming together into Rose Tantra, which is what Elias stands for, the feminine tantric arts, where we're living and breathing fully through ourselves and not needing the extreme, the extremes of just or we've got enough of this to be present and to be able to not believe the voice in our mind that speaks a load of fucking shit and that actually isn't who you are. But we're also feeling enough that we're fully alive and totally out of control. But the presence that's holding that, right, and the maturity of the emotional expression that's holding that dance together so that we can stay open and so that we can do what we came here to do, serve as we came here to serve, and actually love our beloved and our children and our friends with a depth of spirit that both goes beyond the personality and is totally fucking in the personality. Knows how to ask for what it needs, what it wants, knows how to listen to itself, but also knows how to observe. So this is the third stage, where actually what we're working with is becoming conscious, very conscious of what's unconscious, and then working with the cellular structure of your being so that you can begin to rewire 
how you relate to yourself and others. So true inner union is a process of learning how to dialogue and feel what's going on between your masculine and feminine to the degree that actually polarity is possible again. Because the age that we're living in, in the spiritual world and in the mainstream world, most of the time, it's men dating men, masculine dating masculine. And then the feminine in both are competing with each other because both of them are behind a fucking prison cell, completely denied. And ask Aaron, as soon as we both get into our masculines, I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. He's like, calm down, we don't have to end the relationship. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of a paradox because Aaron and I, we both work a lot on our feminine and our masculine energies, but what we hold with each other outside of the workshop space, like you can probably feel my masculine very strong when I'm here, but when, it's, when our dance is very much human is masculine and mine in my feminine. And if that's not the dance, it's very difficult to maintain passion in relationship. And you will want to be polyamorous or you will want to get out of your relationship or you will just be miserable. Or you'll turn into friends who are working as a team together, paying off your mortgage and, and raising your children. So we'll go more into that. So the third stage is Actually, instead of my feminine being my unconscious mother and consciously whatever's opposite to that, but what I'm resisting keeps persisting and I don't know why I keep following the same patterns, and my masculine is actually my father unconsciously, but consciously the opposite because I resist him, right? And I don't know why I keep attracting the same patterns. We're going to realize what those unconscious patterns are bring them into full consciousness, choose something else, reprogram ourselves through powerful embodiment practices and start to become living, breathing manifestations of the unique soul that you actually are, fully welcoming the totality of the human experience. Does that sound good? Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Elia Tantra School or visit elia.com.au. See you next time.